you're listening to the Sojourn Montrose Sermon Podcast. To get connected at Sojourn Montrose, visit our website, sojournmontrose.org. Let's go ahead and get to the text. I want to start in John 11, verse 5. And it says this, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was ill, he stayed two days longer in the place where he was. Now maybe you're reading this for the first time or hearing this story for the first time. But if you are, that seems a bit odd. If you've read it before and maybe you know the end of the story, you're like, ah, that's not odd. It seems as if the people present here thought that it was odd as well and seemingly out of place. John 11, as we read, we even see what's even more odd for me is verse 17. Now, when Jesus came, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. So because of Christ's delay, Lazarus has died. Not only has Lazarus died, but he's been dead for four days before Jesus even arrives. This is odd. And no one here seems to get it. The disciples don't clearly understand what's happening, right? We see that in verse 12 and verse 16. Mary and Martha believed if Jesus had not delayed, then Lazarus would be alive. We see that in verse 21 and 32 and 39. The Jews present also wondered why he couldn't keep his friend Lazarus from dying if he healed the blind man that we spoke of last week in John 9. We see that in verse 37 of this passage. They have all seen Jesus perform miracles that would suggest that he is more than capable that he's powerful enough to have healed Lazarus. Now, I'm speaking as if you've never read this passage before. They know Jesus as a healer. They know Jesus as a miracle worker. And now, this death that has happened to Lazarus, to these people, it seems to astonish them. This death has them unsettled. Lazarus dying in the eyes of those looking on seems to be final and irrevocable. Death seems to have had the final say, at least for now. And even the shadow of hope that Martha mentions in verse 24 when she says, I know that he will rise again, but he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. That was a future hope, right? She didn't realize she wasn't aware of the present hope that was with her. But there is a gracious interjection. This kind of bleeds into what I shared last week. Even though it may be hard to comprehend or make sense of what Jesus is doing, he has a purpose and a motive. There is something here that I want to communicate about this ministry of death. 
that Jesus is proposing here that I believe is important for us to see. Why would Jesus allow such a thing? They, because of the delay, may have thought that Jesus is allowing this because he wants to withhold his goodness. They may have thought that Jesus was just trying to keep them from something and just allowing them to suffer. But good news, the delay of Jesus was not to withhold the goodness of God, but to magnify it. You may feel as if God has delayed his goodness to you today. But what I hope to unpack is that he's using this momentary affliction to magnify his goodness tomorrow. The pain that you experience today is to magnify his goodness tomorrow. God is most glorious. God's aim is pointed toward glory. God's aim is pointed here in John so that we believe and see who he really is. So Jesus says that these things happen as a result of God being glorified, right? And last week we shared about glory and suffering. But I really want to point to something specific here when Jesus mentions glory that goes into why this ministry of death, why Lazarus had to die. Here's part of the reason. The glory of God here expressed in John 11, verse 4, is intimately connected to the glory of the cross. In John, Jesus speaks often of his glory in relation to his crucifixion. Don't believe me? John 7, 39. Stamp it. Go back and read. John 12, 23. I'll read it. And Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. The hour has come for him to suffer on a cross. This glorious death that will happen to Jesus and that he foretells, often in John, speaks of why the disciples were confused as well when he shared of these things. We see in plenty of places when Jesus talks about him having to die and suffer, the response of the disciples is confusion. It doesn't really make sense. If you are the Messiah, the one in whom we're to hope in, and you are to die, there is no hope. But the story doesn't end there. The same confusion that these disciples had as Jesus would share about his suffering is the same confusion that we read of in John 11 as these people are confused as to why they would allow or why he would allow Lazarus to die. You may have asked today, why does Jesus allow death in John 11? Partly because of what we know already, what I've shared already. But if he loved Mary, and he, if he loved Martha, if Jesus loved Lazarus, then it's important what he's doing. What is it about death and mourning that Jesus allows Lazarus' family, 
friends, and also himself to be so intimately connected with. It's this. Without the death of Christ or the death of Lazarus, love could not fully be expressed. John 3.16, I mean, it's, it's a common, for God so loved that he gave. I mean, we could say that passage together. Without these events, without this happening, hope could never be established. You want sustaining hope? We need Christ to deal with the problem. Let's continue on in John 11. Let's start off in, in verse 24. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. Here's what Jesus said. I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Martha believed that the resurrection is an event. Jesus shows her and us that the resurrection is a person. Martha's knowledge of eternal life was an abstract idea. Jesus proves that knowledge of eternal life is a personal relationship. Martha thought that victory over death was a future expectation. Jesus corrects her, showing that victory is a present reality. Jesus informs us all of this. And he's not only declared who he is, but he's demonstrated it. We find deep connection to the death of Lazarus with the death of Christ. We find a great deal of hope exposed in Jesus and in both. We find hope at the tomb of Lazarus as well as finding hope at the tomb of Christ. John eleven forty three. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and his feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. That's good news because I heard a baby screaming in the back. For Jesus to reveal who he is, revealing not only his identity as the Messiah, but his deity as God, Jesus resurrects Lazarus from the dead. May I just note this just so we can understand how crazy this situation is? Like I started this off talking about Jesus' delay. Four days, Lazarus had been dead and Jesus arrives. Lazarus has been dead for days. Okay, here's another reason why this is interesting. There was Jewish superstition at the time, and I just want to note this, that what they believed is that when a person died, that their soul stayed near the grave for three days, hoping to return to the body. Therefore, it was accepted that after the fourth day, there was absolutely no hope of resuscitation. Jesus knows what he's doing. God knows what he's doing. There is glory to be had here. 
God understands that he is the only one capable of making the seemingly impossible possible. These people thought that it was impossible at this point for Lazarus to rise from the grave. But they didn't understand that God was present. And when this happens, their eyes are open to see Jesus for who he really is. This act could not be done by a mere man. It it had to only be through Christ. It had to only be through God. This seventh sign is the climax of Jesus' ministry. This would be the last miracle before Jesus journeys to the cross. It's actually the reason why he had to go to the cross. The one sign that points to his supremacy and deity. The one sign that presents crystal clear evidence for us that he is God in the flesh. That he is the hope of the world. That he is the author and giver of new life. While everyone is confused about the delay of Christ's response and the death of Lazarus, Jesus is quite confident. He understands the power that will be displayed and the reason for this occurrence. The reason is this. Without death, there can be no resurrection. Here's why the resurrection is so important. It's important because the ultimate punishment of our sins Our rebellion against God, our glorious theft is death. There's no way around this reality because sin, because of sin, we are now all marked and death is the result. And we need an answer to this unfortunate plight. God is aware of this. Jesus is aware of this and aware that only he can appease the wrath of God through dying for us if we are to live. He understands that for us to raise from the ashes of defeat, he must also. If we are to be raised to new life, then he must be raised from the death by the power of God. God must be triumphant over death and victorious for us to have real sustaining hope. If Jesus is on his way to the cross here, and we're following him in in this book of John, if he's on his way where he'll ultimately suffer and die, and that's it, and there's no reality of a resurrection, then not only should we fear death, but it should be a great weight on our hearts. Death is final if that's the case. But thank God that Christianity is not like any other religion. And our Savior, our Messiah is not dead. But if Jesus is on his way to the cross and there is a reality of a resurrection, then death is not final and hope can be acquired even when death is present. Jesus will show that he's mightier than the grips of death. Jesus will show that death cannot defeat him. It will reveal that for those who believe in Jesus, the same is true. Because Jesus lives, we live. Because Jesus was victorious, we are victorious. What Christ has done now has been accredited to all of those who believe. This is what he discloses to Martha here in John 11 in verses 25 and 26. You can see it. 
Though we die once in this life, we live for eternity. Eternity with the Father is the difference. Death for the believer is an entrance into true life. It's not death. Death of Lazarus was important to show the power of God to resurrect, the power of God to bring dead things to life. And that same power will be displayed when Jesus is resurrected after three days of being in the tomb. This is glorious. When it seems as if death has the final say, we look to the tomb of Christ that is empty. When it seems as if life is hopeless and hectic, we look to the tomb of Christ that is empty. When you feel as if God is not in control or as if he won't respond, we look to the tomb of Christ and it's empty. You may be confused about Christ's methods or his delay. You may be confused about this ministry of death presented here in John 11 and all throughout the Gospels presented through Christ. And you may not understand completely why Christ must die, so I'm here to clarify. If Jesus is life, then life must give of himself so that we can obtain it. If Jesus is the resurrection and we are to be raised with him, we need Jesus to give life to our dead lives that are dead as a result of sin. This passage of Lazarus being raised from the dead reveals to us a spiritual reality of what Christ desires to do in our hearts. A present reality of hope that we can even have today. It is not a future hope only. Will you be filled with this present hope of the resurrection of Jesus? The hope that Christ gives life to dead ones. The, the hope that, that in, in sin that we can have life because of Jesus. Will you be filled with present hope to know that as we are surrounded and as we see and as we do life with those around us that also may be dead because of their sin, that Christ can awaken them. May we not be like Martha in verse 39, right? When Jesus was about to open the tomb to speak to Lazarus, she talks about an odor. May we not be affected by the odor of those who are dead in sin around us that Jesus may awaken. May we not be affected by the odor in a sense and Jesus' desire to give new life to him. Will our neighborhood parishes have the odor of those who are lost and far from God, who we've invited into community for the sake and the desire that God will call them out? This is tough because sometimes dead people are hard to deal with. But may we be patient. May we trust God even if it seems as if he's delayed in saving them. May we trust God even if we may seem confused by why he would allow such suffering and affliction to exist. 
And may God be glorified in sending Jesus, the one who brings hope to a dying world. So today, if you are here and you have found yourself without Jesus, Cole said this one time in a sermon, and I want to reiterate it, you are dead. You have the weight of the wrath of God to expect. You have the weight of eternal judgment awaiting with no question of sentence. You are guilty. No life to be had and eternal suffering to endure. Darkness to see with no light present. But today, despite that real reality for you, God's grace is drawn near through his word. Hope has been presented despite that truth that is real. Jesus is calling. Jesus has presented himself. And he not only asks Martha in verse 26, where he says, do you believe? But John, the writer, also asks you, do you believe? Will your answer and our answer forever be her response in verse 27? Where she says to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who is coming into the world. Let's pray. Father, this truth is so glorious that you would not only die, but that you would rise from the ashes of death and reign victorious. God, this is the truth that changes it all for those that believe. This is the reason why we can rejoice and have hope because our Savior is not dead. Lord, by your grace, will you call to those today that are dead, 